PetiteCaviar.com, treat yourself to a tasting at home. Introducing Petite Caviar 101, Caviar, Truffles, and more. Variety of the world's best caviar for over 30 years. Sustainable caviar, seasonal delights, boutique grocery, family owned and operated. Proud to be... <coughs> Proud to supply the highest quality caviar available for over 30 years. 100% of the sustainable caviar, Israeli oyster, Belgian oyster, Idaho white sturgeon, Siberian sturgeon, paddlefish, Ikea, National overnight shipping, guaranteed national next day overnight shipping, Tuesday through Saturday, same day local pickup, local pickup and curbside for Seattle ready within two hours, Monday through Saturday, next day local delivery, guaranteed next day local delivery for Seattle, Monday through Friday, shop grocery for such items like Bellwether Farms Cream Fresh, Bessie's Blink, Gluten Free Bessie's Blink, Black Truffle Butter, White truffle oil, La Brujula, Yellowfin Fina Belly in Olive Oil, Ruffles, Russell's Original Spice Blend, Truffle Salt, Hosting and Wares, Mother of Pearl Caviar Spoon, Mother of Pearl Spoon with Blue Handle, Great Barrieri Petite Spoon with Pointed Tip, Round Mother of Pearl Palette, Caviar Presentoir with Sterling Band, Petite Mother Pearl Caviar Spoon, St. Hilaire Modern Caviar Presentoir, Fructus Saturn Silver Plated Caviar Cup, Homemade Recipes and More, Mince, Mince Potato Rosti with Caviar and Cream Fresh, Devil Quail Eggs with Caviar, Blink with Buckwheat. Good morning. Now here is the story of the first first lady, Martha Dandridge Custis Washington. Martha Dandridge Custis Washington, June 2nd, 1731 to May 22nd, 1802, was the wife of George Washington, the first president of the United States. Although the title was not coined until after her death, Martha Washington never served as the inaugural first lady of the United States during her lifetime. She was often referred to as the late as Lady Washington. Martha Dandridge first married Daniel Park Gustus. They had four children, two of whom survived to a young adulthood. Daniel's death made Martha a widow at age 26. She brought the vast wealth to her marriage to Washington, which enabled him to buy land to add it to his personal estate. She also brought with her 84 dower slaves from Daniel Custis' estate for use during her lifetime. They and their descendants reverted to Custis' estate at her death and were inherited by their by his heirs. The Washingtons did not have children together, but they did rear her two surviving children, John and Martha. They also helped both of their extended families. Family and background. Martha Dandridge was born on June 2nd, 1731 on her parents' plantation, Chestnut Grove, in the colony of Virginia. She was the oldest daughter of John Dandridge, 1700-1756, a Virginia planter and immigrant from England by his wife, Frances Jones, 1710-1785, who was of American birth and English, Welsh, and French descent. Martha had three brothers and four sisters, John, 1733-1749, William, 1734-1776, Bartholomew, 1737-1785, Anna Maria Fanny Bassett, 1739-1777, 
Francis Dandrews, 1744-1757, Elizabeth Islet Henley, 1749-1800, and Mary Dandridge, 1756-1763. Dandridge may have had an illegitimate half-sister, Anne Dandridge, Coston, years of birth and death unknown, who was born into slavery. Coston's enslaved mother was of African and Cherokee descent, and her father was believed to be John Dandridge. She may have also had an illegitimate half-brother named Raoul Dandridge, years of birth and death unknown, who was probably white. First marriage. Daniel Park Custis on May 15, 1750. At age 18, Dandridge married Daniel Park Custis, a rich planter, two decades her senior, and moved to his residence. White House Plantation, located on the south shore of the Panmunkey River, a few miles upriver from Chestnut Grove. They had four children together, Daniel, Francis, John, and Martha. Daniel, November 19, 1751, and February 19, 1754, and Francis, April 12, 1753, to April 1, 1757, died in childhood. The other two children, John, Jackie, Park, Custis, November 27, 1754, and November 5, 1781, and Martha Patsy Park Custis, 1756 to June 19, 1773, survived to young adulthood. Daniel Park Custis' death in 1756 left Martha a witch, rich widow, young widow at age 26 with independent control over a dower inheritance for her lifetime and trustee control over the inheritance of her minor children. In all, she was in custody of some 17,500 acres of land and 300 slaves apart from the other investments in cash. According to her biographer, she capably ran the five plantations left to her when her first husband died bargaining with London merchants for the best tobacco prices. Second marriage, Martha Custis, age 27, and George Washington, age 26, married on January 6, 1759, at the White House on plantation. As a man who lived on owned property in the area, Washington likely knew both Martha and Daniel Park Gustus for some time before Daniel's death. During March 1758, he visited Martha Gustus twice at the White House plantation. The second time, he came away with either an engagement of marriage or at least her promise to think about his proposal. At the time, she was also being courted by planner Charles Carter, who was even wealthier than Washington. The wedding was grand. George's suit was of blue and silver cloth with red trimming and gold knee buckles. The bride wore purple silk shoes with spangled buckles, which are displayed at Mount Vernon. The couple honeymooned at the Custis family's White House plantation for several weeks before setting up house at George's Mount Vernon estate. They appeared to have had a solid marriage. The Washingtons had no children together, but they raised Martha's two surviving children. In 1773, her daughter Patsy died when she was 17 during an epileptic seizure. John Park, Jackie Custis, left King's College that fall and married Eleanor Calvert in February 1774. John was, survived, was serving as a civilian aide to George Washington during the siege of Yorktown in 1781 during the American Revolutionary War when he died of camp fever, probably epidemic typhus. After John Park Custis' death, the Washingtons raised the youngest two of his, of his four children, Eleanor Nellie Park Custis, March 31st, 1779, and to July 15th, 1852, and George Washington Park Custis, Washi Custis, April 30th, 1781, 
October 10, 1857. The two older girls remained with their mother. The Washingtons also provided personal and financial support to nieces, nephews, and other families in both the Dandridge and Washington families. Mostly content to live a private life at Mount Vernon and her homes and from the custody of the state, Martha Washington followed Washington to his winter cabinets for each of eight years. She helped keep up morale among the officers. 1777-1778 Valley Forge Encampment According to tradition, Martha Washington was scarred as having spent her days at the Revolution War winter encampment, visiting the common soldiers in their huts. However, Nancy Lone, author of the following author of following the drum, women at the Valley Forge Encampment says there is no evidence that Washington visited the common soldiers. Lone also notes that Martha Washington was fashionably dressed, assertive, and a woman of great wealth and independent means. She joined her husband during the revolution for all of the Continental Army's winter encampments. Before the revolution began, she began to close. Began she kept, she had kept close to home during it. She traveled thousands of miles to be with her husband. General Lafayette observed that she loved her husband madly. The Continental Army settled in Valley Forge, the third of the eight winter encampments of the Revolution, December 19th. Washington traveled 10 days and 100 miles to join her husband in Pennsylvania. Primary documents of the Revolution period refer to Lady Washington's activities at the site. Martha Washington took her family role familiar role as her husband's hostess at camp. On April 6th, Elizabeth Drinker and three friends arrived at Valley Fort to plead with her general to release their husbands from jail. The men, all Quakers, had refused to wear a, lo- a loyalty oath to swear to a to swear a loyalty oath to the American Revolution because their commander was not available at first. The women visited with Martha. She was regarded as a matriarch in the camps she visited. Drinker described her later in her diary as a sociable, pretty kind of woman. Although unable to satisfy with the women's demands, General Washington invited them to dine to, at the headquarters that day. Drinker said that dinner with General and Mrs. Washington and 15 officers was elegant but soon over. Martha Washington was also associated with the wives of the senior officers at Valley Forge. Years later, Pierre Duponchot, an aide to Baron von Steuben, recalled that in the evenings, the ladies and officers at camp would meet at each other's quarters for a conversation during their social evenings. Each lady and gentleman present was called upon in return for a song as a sip tea or coffee. No card playing occurred during these Valley Forge social gatherings, games of chance having been forbidden by General Washington. Charles Wilson Peale painted a miniature of George Washington for which he charged his usual $56 and presented it to Martha along with paintings with painting other miniatures of Washington. He also painted 50 other officers and their wives that winter. Martha Washington took part in the Campus May 6th celebration of the formal announcement of the Franco-American Alliance soon after the, the thunderous foe du Coy. When thousands of soldiers fired off their muskets, General Washington and his wife received other officers under a large marquee fashioned from dozens of officers' stamps. General Washington was said to have worn a countenance of uncommon delight and complacence. Five days later, on May 11, 1778, the Washingtons attended the camp production of Joseph Addison's play Cato, a favorite of the generals. The play was performed by the staff officers for a very numerous and splendid audience, including many officers and some of their wives. One officer wrote that he found the performance admirable and the scenery in taste. 
First Lady 1789 to 1797. After the war, Washington was not fully supported of her husband's agreeing to be president of the newly formed United States. <coughs> Once he assumed office as the First Lady, a term that only was was only used later, she hosted many affairs to a, a state at New York City and Philadelphia during their years as temporary capitals. The socialized became known as the Republican Court. Martha Washington presented an image of herself as an amiable wife, but probably complained about the restrictions placed on her life. In July 1790, artist John Trumbull gave Martha Washington a full-length portrait painting of General Washington as a gift. It was displayed in their home at Mount Vernon in the new room. Dara slaves of state, death, and internment. While Martha and her father had down had owned 15 to 20 slaves, her first of Daniel Park Custis owned nearly 300, making one of the largest slaveholders and wealthiest men in the Virginia colony. The full Custis estate contained plantation and farms totaling about 27 square miles, 70 kilometers squared, and 285 enslaved men, women, and children attached to those holdings. Daniel Park Custis' death in 1757 without a will meant that, according to law, his eldest son, John, would inherit two-thirds of the Custis estate when he reached adulthood together with his state slaves and the children of those slaves. As Daniel's widow, Martha received a dower share, the lifetime use, and income from the remaining one-third of the estate and its slaves. After her death, the dower slaves and their project were to be distributed among the surviving Custis heirs. Upon the 1759 marriage to Martha, George Washington became a legal manager of the Custis estate under court oversight. At the time of her marriage, Martha's dower share included more than 80 slaves. She also would control any children they had as they would become part of the dower. The state records indicate that Martha Washington continued to purchase supplies, manage paid, manage paid staff, and make any other decisions. Although the Washington's wheel wielded managerial control over the whole estate. They received income only from Martha's Tower Third. The remainder of the income went to a trust held for John Park Custis until he reached maturity at age 21. George Washington used his wife's great wealth to buy land and slaves. He, moved, he more than tripled the size of Mount Vernon. 2,650 acres, 10.7 kilometers squared in, in 1757, 8,251 acres, 33.39 kilometers squared in 1787. For more than 40 years, her dower slaves, slaves farmed the plantation alongside her husband's. By law, neither of the Washingtons could sell, could sell custody lands or slaves, which Martha's dower and trust owned. Um, after John died during the Revolutionary War, his slaves passed to his son, George Washington Park Custis, who at the time was a minor, if John's trust or Martha's dower owned slaves, owned a slave's mother, her children were including were included in that holding. Some slaves owned by the Washingtons and the trust married each other, forming linked families. This created a complex inheritance issues. Seven of nine slaves whom President Washington brought to Philadelphia, the national capital, 1790 to 1800, to work in the president's house were dowers. Pre Pennsylvania passed a gradual abolition law in 1790 under which non-residents were allowed to hold slaves in the state for just six months. After that date, they could reclaim they could claim freedom because the president could, would have been liable for compensating the custody of the state for any dower slaves freed under this law. He surreptitiously 
Wait, rotated his president's house players in and out of the state before the six-month deadline to rent their establishment residency and legally qualifying for a man manumission. Martha Washington promised her ladies made money judge a tower slave to her granddaughter Elizabeth Park Custis as a wedding gift to prevent being sent back to Virginia. Justice escaped in 1796 from the Philadelphia household during President Washington's second term. According to interviews with judge in the 1840s, a young woman had enjoyed being in Philadelphia and feared she would never gain freedom if taken to Virginia. She hid with three black friends in the city who helped arrange her travel by ship to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. There she married and had three children. Patricia Brady, in a 2005 biography on Martha Washington, writes, Martha felt responsible for the unsophisticated girl under her care, especially since her mother and sister were expecting her to see her at, back at Mount Vernon. What she could never understand was that Oni had a simple desire to be free. Ona, as she preferred to call herself, wanted to live where she pleased, do what work she pleased, and learn to read and write. Ona judged professed a great regard for Martha and the way she had been treated, but she couldn't face a future as a slave for herself and her children. After Oni's judge escape, ju judges escape, Martha Washington gave Oni's younger ten slaves to Delphi, also known as Philadelphia, to Elizabeth and her husband Thomas Law as a wedding gift. George Washington's slave Her Hercules, who had worked as his chief cook at the president's house before being returned to Mount Vernon in 1796, escaped from there on February 22, 1797. He was known to have traveled to Philadelphia and by December 1801 was living in New York City, his six-year-old daughter, and still enslaved at Mount Vernon. Told the visitor that she was glad her father was free. In his July 1790 will, written a year after he became president of the, of the United States in April 1789 and nine years before his death in September 1799, George Washington left directions for the emancipation after Martha Washington's death of all the slaves that he owned. Of the 318 slaves at Mount Vernon in 1799, fewer than half, hundreds of interest belonged to George. His will stipulated that his slaves were not to be freed until Martha's death because of his desire to preserve the families of those he had in intermarried with Martha's dower slaves. In accordance with state law, George Washington stipulated in his will that elder slaves of those, or those who were too sick to work were to be supported throughout their lives by his estate. Children without parents or those whose families were too poor or indifferent to see their education, to see to their education were to be bound up to masters and mistresses who would teach them reading, writing, and, useful, and a useful trade until they were ultimately freed at the age of 25. In December 1800, Martha Washington signed a deed of manumission for her deceased husband's slaves, a transaction that was entered to the records at Fairfax County, Virginia. The tiger was lost during the American Civil War. The slaves received their freedom on January 1, 1801, a little over a year after George's death. Just a few weeks early in December, Abigail Adams, wife of the second president, John Adams, had visited Mount Vernon and wrote, Many of those who are liberated have married with what are called the dower Negroes, so that they so that they all their they all quit <coughs> they all quit their family <coughs> connections. What could she do? Mrs. Adams suggested a quota for Martha Washington to have freed her husband's slaves early. In the state in which they were left by the general to be free at her death, she did not feel 
as though her life was safe in their hands, many of whom would be told that it was in their interest to get rid of her. She, therefore, was advised to set them all free at the close of the year, A.A. to Mary Cranch, December 21, 1800. Washington's health, always somewhat fresh, precarious, declined after her husband's death. Two year and a half years after the death of her husband, Washington died on May 26, 1802, at the age of 70. Following her death, Marsha Washington's body was interred in the original Washington family tomb vault at Mount Vernon in 1831. The surviving educators of Georgia State removed the bodies of George and Martha Washington and those of other members of the family from the old vault to a similar structure within the present enclosure at Mount Vernon. Washington did not emancipate any other slaves during her lifetime. Her will bequeathed Elisha as slave whom she owned outright at the time of her death to her grandson George Washington Park Custis. Upon her death, her dower of slaves reverted to the Custis estate and were divided among her four grandchildren. The division split up families, divided husbands, wives, and sent children away from their parents. Washington is one of a handful of women who oversaw business operations that relied on slave labor in the late 18th century and early 19th century. Others included Catherine Flood McCall and Annie Henry Christian. Honors, USS Lady Washington. Washington had a rogue gallery named in honor in her honor, USS, USS Lady Washington in 1776. It holds the distinction of being the first U.S. military ship to be named in honor of a woman and first named for a person who was still alive. For the it has a number of other distinctions as well, such as the first ship named after a future first lady and one of the few active vessels in the U.S. Navy named in honor of a woman. USS S. Martha Washington USS Martha Washington was a transport for the United States Navy during World War I. She was originally the ocean liner SS Martha Washington for the Austro-American line before the war. Before and after her Navy service, she was United, she was a United States Army transport U, USAT Martha Washington. The liner was sold to the Italian Coastalich Line in 1922. In 1932, when Coastalich was absorbed into the Italian Italia Volt Reunite, English United Fleets Italy, the ship was renamed SS Tel Aviv. The ship was scrapped in 1934. Martha Washington on U.S. postage. The first U.S. postage stamp honoring an American woman honored Martha Washington and was an issue and was issued as part of the 1902 stamp series. An eight-cent stamp it was printed in violet in violet black ink. The second stamp issued in her honor, a four-cent definitive stamp printed in orange brown ink, was released in 1932. The third stamp to honor Washington was issued in 1938 as part of the presidential issue series, a one and a half cent stamp. It was presented in yellow brown ink. Martha Washington, U.S. Paper Currency. Washington is the only woman other than allegories of justice, liberty, exclusively depicted on the face of the United States banknote. Her engraved portrait bust was used on the face of the $1 silver certificate in 1886. In 1891, she and her husband George are depicted together on the reverse of the $1 silver certificate of 1896. U.S. Coins. First spouse program under the Presidential Dollar Coin Act authorizes the United States Mint to issue one half ounce ten dollar gold coins and bronze metal duplicates to honor their 
the first passes to the United States. My Washington, Washington coin released on June 19, 2007 and was sold out in hours. To prevent confusion with existing coinage, pattern coins testing new metals have been produced by the U.S. Mint or the or a company contracted it, contracted to it with Martha Washington on the verse. Not intended for public release, they are quite rare. Educational institutions. The Martha Washington College for Women was founded in Abingdon. Virginia in 1860. In 1918, its administration was merged to Emory and Henry College, and in 1931, Martha Washington ceased to function as a separate entity, merging completely with Emory and Henry. The main original building of Martha Washington College is now known and operated as the Martha Washington Inn. There was also Martha Washington Seminary, a finishing school for young women in Washington, D.C., that was founded in 1905 and ceased operations in 1949. Regarded by historians, since 1982, Siena College Research Institute has periodically conducted surveys asking historians to assess Americans' first ladies according to the cumulative score on their independent circuit criteria of their background value to the country, intelligence, courage, courage, accomplishments, integrity, leadership being their own, women, public image, and value to the president. Consistently, Washington has been ranked in the upper half of the first ladies by historians in these surveys. In terms of cumulative assessment, Washington has been ranked. 9th best of 42 in 1982, 12th best of 37 in 1993, 13th best of 38 in 2003, 9th best of 38 in 2008, 9th best of 39 in 2014. In the 2008 Siena Research Institute survey, Washington ranked third highest in the criteria of public image. In the 2014 survey, Washington and her husband are ranked the second highest out of 39 first couples in terms of being a power couple. Thank you for listening to this history of Martha Dandridge Custis Washington. Have a good week and stay safe.